0: Right. Welcome back to episode fifteen of the Twenty Pages Book Club. Uh, on today's episode, we go through a quick weekend recap. We then talk through the second part of Rocket Man, talking through chapters ten through eighteen. Um, we share our thoughts on the book thus far, um, what we like, what we don't like thus far. Kevin takes us through a couple pictures, and then we play Scriblio, So that's our competition today. Should be a level playing field. Everyone can can see what's going on. So yeah. Looking forward to another great episode. Let's go. All right. Welcome back to the Nebraska man. Oh, sorry. (laughs) Welcome back to episode 15. Got some stuff to cover before we get into the book so why don't we get through a quick weekend recap uh kevin why don't you start us off how's your weekend what's been going oh, on yeah
1: do you do? uh just been coaching working it's literally just seems like every day is groundhog day just wake up go to work get my eight hours in go home eat really quick go to practice get home just dead go to bed repeat But us enjoy when's,
0: when's the season start
1: it already started in like September first or August 30th, one of the two. So only two Team look at this year. I haven't lost yet, so pretty good. We got a new head coach this year. He's absolutely electric. He he's just I I don't know if I can really say it on the podcast. He's just electric. Just cursing, just screaming, flying around. Old school. On on. Not even. He's super young and like fun. He's just very—he's uh, got one speed, and that's like turbo. It's like rocket ignition speed only. So, uh, Brazel, how about you? How's uh, how you feeling before? Unfortunately, I don't get to see you after you lose to NIU, but how you feeling before the game?
2: We're playing Rocky Lombardi, his seventh year in college. He was in college before we were in college, uh, just for reference. See the old Michigan State quarterback. Yep, exactly. Uh, so Nebraska gets to try again with a new quarterback at the helm, uh, tonight. So exciting against Northern Illinois. Nope. It's going to be Henrik Heiberg from seven on seven Western Nebraska football. Uh, so we're going to see. Uh,
0: I say you just should run the triple option with Justin's. I would be your best.
2: Probably. I don't disagree. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for that. Hopefully Christian comes with me and then you know what, Christian deal, uh you come with me to the bar, you know, at the drink, obviously, and I'll pick you up from your race tomorrow. Handshake deal. Oh. oh, 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 oh. That might be a good deal. Uh Christian's lagging a little bit, but he said good deal. You're getting some from there, so. <laughs> <laughs>
3: uh
2: but am I still? Yeah. Um but yeah, that's that's basically my weekend. I'm excited to watch my friend run tomorrow. I'm gonna try to make it down there.
0: Christian,
3: go ahead. Me, yeah. Uh, is it really bad? No, I just yeah, like it you
1: it couldn't hear because you said me. No, it's it's really bad. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. The video quality is bad too.
3: Here,
0: I, I'll go really quick while you, you yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll troubleshoot. Cool. Stuff. Um, for me, just watched the demise of my football. One week, our defense plays well. Uh, we decided to give up uh, five interceptions and basically hand the ball to the top 10 team. So promising on the defensive side, uh, but it's the same old all my football. At least we were competitive for a half. But, yeah, nothing too much else for me. Figuring out some job stuff also. So I might have some big news to share with the group in a little bit, but in a couple weeks, I should say, but nothing yet. Um, So, yeah, just been figuring out some stuff. But yeah, I did for Pokemon. Wow,
2: it was a great huh?
3: time. Christian, I'll give it. A, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> <You're better. laughs> uh, I, uh, I mean, it looks like it's still bad.
0: Okay, uh, <laughs> hey. we can hear your, uh, your <laughs> voice. <video's> just... <laughs> All
3: right, let's do this for now. Um, I have a. 20-mile run tomorrow, so that should be fun. Uh, I was telling Kevin my, my training has somewhat stalled the past two weeks because I'm I'm back in the office, and uh, I haven't been, like, feeling great. So it'll be interesting tomorrow. Either I'm going to feel good or I'm going to feel fucking awful, and I'm just going to have to struggle through it for 20 miles. So we'll see. Tyler might be out there to support. Uh, the race ends like on the south side of Chicago, so that'll be interesting. It's in Jackson Park, which like people go to for recreation. So I don't think I'm in like immediate danger, and it's a big group. So uh, yeah, we'll see how it I mean, ends I, out. Is that
0: the area by U Chicago or my my outside park? I
3: think. Yeah, no, you're right. It's like directly south of U Chicago.
0: Yeah, I think it's. I think you'll be okay. You're running in daytime. I mean
3: it. Yeah. Plus, it's it's a crowd too. So seven thirty in the morning. There's some sort some sort of after party, Tyler. If uh, you know, we're trying to get our drink on at ten in the morning, two beers after a uh, workout supposed to help with muscle uh, recovery. Yeah, I'm going golfing later in the day too. So oh God. Uh, that's, gonna, that's
0: gonna be interesting.
3: Yeah. The last time I ran 20 miles, like, I tried to go out afterwards, and then I had to come home because I was like, this is awful. So, yeah, that's my weekend. Uh,
0: what's the count to the Chicago Marathon, Christian?
3: Uh, less than a month. I have – I'm doing another half marathon, like, race next weekend. Uh, and then the weekend after is, like, uh, eight miles, and then marathon.
0: Let's go. 20 pages represented. We're close. If this guy's not to... on your tag, you can put like, a, you can put the logo
3: there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where 20 pages merch instead of like the charity I'm running for.
0: It'd
3: <laughs> <That'd> be awful. <laughs> the,
0: the, the real cause.
3: I don't want to be
2: affiliated uh, with that. Um, all right. Uh, with that, uh, we'll transition back to uh, the summaries here. Um, obviously, a lot to talk about. We finally get to launch um, in this meeting, so that was fun. So uh, just to make sure, I'm starting on Chapter 11, and correct? No,
0: chapter
2: okay. 10. I
1: think. How's I'm
2: starting at 50. How's 50-50 for you? I got it. Uh, 100%. Okay, I'm just going to read it. I'm just going to read it. Uh, what page is that? It's 100%
0: that Okay. I know for a
2: Alright. Uh, you even texted it. Alright. My bad. That's on me. Alright. Thanksgiving was approaching in their four weeks until launch. The crew worked hard at the lunar orbit insertion, the part that would slow the aircraft enough to enter Moon's orbit, and trans-Earth injection, a process that would reaccelerate them out of orbit and back at Earth. Meanwhile, the wives took different approaches to the launch. Marilyn Lovell was confident and planned to bring the family to the launch. Valerie Anders opted to stay home, but watch it on TV. Finally, Susan Borman was petrified, very convinced that Borman was destined to die on Apollo 8. Chris Kraft told her, in honesty, the crew had a 50-50 chance. There's some minor minute details to that, but uh, we'll keep it that. Early December approached, and the Earth stood still with the Soviets' launch. The days passed, and it became clear America was the only one attempting a launch this month. With that, the crew became the center of the world. Unknown to them, Borman had already resigned. This was going to be his last mission. Now they flew to Cape Cod in preparation for their flight. Anders and Borman sang their goodbye to the family. However, their stay was interrupted uh, by a visit to the White House to meet Lyndon B. Johnson. The meeting was criticized because it put the crew at risk of the epidemic that was the Hong Kong flu. That's how we end that chapter. So we're, we're approaching launch here. Um, uh, I think start to see some insight into how the different wives react. I mean, me and Christian were watching the Challenger docuseries last week. I guess it's a rewatch for me. But, I mean, all of those families were at the launch. And you, I, I don't think I would ever go to a
0: launch. I don't know. I think, I think I'd want to be there. Like if something, like if it was good or bad. Like I
1: feel yeah. like you'd want to, to be it rather than see it, like. I don't I mean, know if it's are dark. Go ahead, Christian.
3: They all viewed it anyways. So, like, you're either watching it live or you're watching it on TV. I think I would agree that I'd rather be there in person. I don't
1: know. I was going to make an analogy that I don't think is actually applicable now, but I'm going to say it anyways. <laughs> I might as well. It's kind of like if you have, like, a pet you're putting down. And it's, like, do you go with and, like, spend your last moments with it? Or do you just, like, let your someone like your parents deal with
3: it?
0: Well, Apollo might had a better
3: chance of, of living Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's probably the
0: that's analogy. About to work out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, uh, yeah.
1: I get the idea, though. It's, it's, I think it makes sense. Thought. I would yeah. rather watch it or not watch it and, like, regret not being there, you know? Yeah.
2: Just I just think I watching the Challenger thing last night where they have three hundred television cameras pointed at you while the p- rocket blows up. I mean that's
3: that's tough. Uh well, nice that's obviously good analogy. Yes. I'm gonna raise you an analogy. Uh it'll be like uh going like a wife deciding to go to her husband's boxing match or MMA match. MMA May fight. If they're like, fighting. Uh, we need to stop it's with the Frankie analogies. Cam-
0: it's, like, it's like Frankie Campbell's wife going up to the 20th <laughs> yeah. next fair.
3: <laughs> Dude, I was going to say Frankie Campbell's wife, but uh, I didn't uh, want to be the one.
0: All right. Mr. B, Frankie uh, Campbell. Uh, so I don't know what it's talking about. Analogy stuff. I know,
1: it's from, uh, I know it's from the fight book we guys read. Also, shout out Tyler for sneaking in that he re-watched the documentary. So a little <laughs>
0: flex. <flagged. laughs> one
1: yeah. Like Christian hasn't watched this obviously because he's, like, yeah,
2: he's my it. second watching.
0: I'm getting all the minute details.
2: are <laughs> not getting those. This group is terrorizing. Uh chapter eleven, my God, we are really doing this. They returned on December tenth, eleven days before their mission. Jim Lovell took the opportunity to visit his grandmother in Edgewater. Tom Payne visit his mother, sorry. Tom Payne, NASA chief, spoke privately with the group of astronauts, giving them one last opportunity to express concerns without consequences. None of them had any, or at least uh, publicly. On December 17th, Maryland and Valerie arrived, hoping to give one last goodbye. Meanwhile, the Soviets expressed their doubts. They didn't believe the Americans would launch. The astronauts went about their goodbyes. Anders brought in people important to him. Lovell visited his wife and Borman continued to struggle with the guilt that he brought upon Susan. Despite this, they were woken at 2.36 a.m. by Slayton and began preparations, eating breakfast, steak and eggs, and getting their flight suits. From there, they are greeted by the press and transported to the launching pad. At 5 a.m., they began boarding the craft. They settled in for the 137-minute wait. In charge of launch would be Cape God with responsibilities handed off to Houston shortly following. The director, Cliff Charlesworth, would be in charge of the flight from the ground. Overseeing it all in Houston would be Chris Kraft, director of flight operations. Meanwhile, Anders took the opportunity to get a quick nap. By 7am, newscasts around the world had launched, the family settled in and prepared to watch. There's 20 minutes to go. At T-5, Kraft looked upon the aircraft in astonishment. At T-3, in 6 seconds, computers took full control of the rocket. Jack King announced the world, 20 seconds. At 9, the ignition sequence began. Flames began to spread beneath the spacecraft. The ground began to shake violently. At 7.51, King announced to the world, we have liftoff. All right, my question is, we just see about every emotion elicited in preparation of this launch. Did the book build a suspense for you? And was the payoff of the launch worth it? I mean,
0: yeah, I thought it was... um... Kind of flowing through these chapters pretty well. I kind of read it all in, in a sequence, uh, but yeah I thought I mean, we kind of know what the like, happens from like whether watching cinema of a rocket launch or whatever maybe you kind of know the the process of a rocket launch, so it's kind of hard to change your perspective on that once you've already kind of seen it. Does that make sense, but I thought it was done pretty well, yeah, I don't
3: know I've been here
1: yeah it wasn't like crazy to me reading about it i feel like it's it's some it's hard to write about honestly in my opinion like creating that emotion that especially like the wives felt and i guess the public too like that's hard to recreate through writing in my opinion and i don't know if writing really touches me emotionally like that so but i mean it did kind of create some suspense i guess just in like we also know what happened because it's history so it's like can you really get that emotional like suspense built about it
3: uh the one like visioning this in my head boarding the spacecraft like it's completely vertical right like how do you get in your seats like imagine you're sitting in the furthest away seat like you have to climb there without falling through the bottom of the commands module yeah that's
0: that's true
3: and they i like the author i don't think described it that great like he noted that they were completely vertical but how do you into your seat
1: there's a lot left unexplained in this book that's all i'd say
3: i also the, the one piece that i never considered was them quarantining before the flight which it didn't seem like any of them took like fully sought Fully saw out the quarantine. They all like left their quarters and went and did other things.
0: They would have failed the so 2020 I that the pandemic. Accident. They were. The I was going to, I have some thoughts about the arrow that we'll get to in the next chapter, but, or, or chapter 12, but I have a fun fact. Um, so I looked up why NASA picked Houston as their mission control, just because you think maybe they'd keep the launch center right where they're launching, obviously in Cape Canaveral. Um, but NASA picked Houston because of the mild limit barge transportation. so carrying the, like the rocket and like getting all those massive equipment was to use it for like to get the, the pieces there. Um, and lots of land that wasn't too pricey.
1: Oh, that's my fault alarm. This guy's alarm just went off. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Wait, so it like for supply chain reasons, basically Houston because pictures.
0: So, like barge access, so like getting from the Gulf of Mexico, they could put big ships like carrying large equipment, and then it was cheap land.
3: Makes sense. Why, why Cape Canaveral for the launch? Do we know that?
2: I said, Great question. My, 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 the idea in my head would be I told Christian this last night. I think since Florida's at sea level, maybe calculations are easier, but maybe I'm just an idiot.
0: I got it. So quick Google search, Cape Canaveral was chosen for rocket launches to take advantage of the Earth's rotation. Mm. Now, rockets could be safely launched to the east over the open waters of the Atlantic Ocean. Um, so kind of what Tom said, and I guess there's something science-related with Earth's rotation. I guess being closer to the equator, maybe? I don't know how that works. So.
3: I don't know either. <laughs> well,
1: uh, I'm guessing that Earth rotates that way, so if you are launching, and something does fall back down. It's falling into the water, as compared to like hitting land and coming down and blowing something up in the.
3: So the Earth is rotating with. Yeah,
0: so you would want to be shooting off into the Atlantic rather than into the Pacific, because technically the Pacific, you could come back on the land.
3: Yeah. Maybe oh, I, I don't okay. know. Okay, it's a I it's a, it's a consistent rotation. The Earth is Maybe, flat. Okay. Right. okay.
0: okay. 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 If,
3: okay. I, I, I see. I think I understand. Okay, here,
0: okay. here it is. Cape Canaveral was chosen for the rocket launchers to take advantage of the Earth's rotation. The linear velocity of the Earth's surface is the greatest towards the equator. The relatively southern location of the Cape allows rockets to take advantage of launching eastward in the same direction as the Earth's rotation. Look at that. We were kind of right. We kind of pieced that together.
3: Okay. So you're just launching on the equator.
0: Closest to the equator closest it's okay. closest.
3: because the US technically doesn't have any closer points besides maybe like Puerto Rico. Okay, wow, well, makes, makes
2: sense. Okay, look at us, look at us. All right, um, all right, back at it. All right, chapter 12 Leaving Home, releasing from its bonds, Saturn V hurled upwards with six or 7.6 million pounds of force, it thrust into the sky. The cabin shook violently, and the crew was left useless. Waiting for the first communication, and it came, tower clear. With that, Apollo 8 kept climbing into space, reaching the speed of sound at 767 miles per hour. Then they approached Max Q, a designation for the maxim- maximum aerodynamic pressure put on the aircraft. Apollo 8 passed. Now it was traveling 3,300 miles per hour, approaching the detach of the rocket. It happened violently, thrusting them forward, and in a moment, the second stage rockets kicked in. Within six minutes, the craft had to reach 17,425 miles per hour. They were sitting at 10,000 currently. It progressed to 14,000 miles per hour, but then Borman felt something. It was the Pogo problem again. There was nothing he could do, only hope that the rocket could survive the 40 seconds. It did, and the ship entered the third phase, with the remaining parts of the rocket sent plummeting back to Earth. With a final push, they broke Earth's gravity. The Saturn V had succeeded. The group would not orbit around the Earth, waiting for their opportunity. And two would now orbit the Earth. Sorry, uh, waiting for their opportunity in two hours to launch towards the Moon. During that time, they needed to check out the systems within the aircraft. Despite the tasks, all took the opportunity to take in the Earth and its view. Lovell was the first to leave his seat, heading towards the sextant. The crew continued to go about their tasks and prepare for the launch towards the Moon. It would mean they would have to accelerate to 24,250 miles per hour. That step relied heavily on Houston and Chris Kraft. With Houston's permission, Charlesworth radioed the spacecraft, Apollo Eight, "You are go for TLI, over." The st- third stage had come ignition. Lovell screamed. With that, the spacecraft climbed up to speed. At the last moment, the craft reached 24,208 miles per hour. And Mission Control, Gene Kranz, got up and began to cry. The moment was momentous. Moment. Um, jeez
0: but, wow monument
2: M- Monument is mine. that was that was bad craft lift up uh upon the blip and
3: wonder you're on your way you're really on your way now
2: any thoughts on that chapter
0: what
3: was the Pogo problem again it was with the third booster it
0: kept like uh rattling right or was that the... yeah I think I oh, thought
1: think... something along the lines of like the it kind of go forward like lose and gain speed like really quickly kind of yeah I think so,
0: it's a hopeless feeling just like being on like something you have no control over and you're just like sitting there at going like such yeah. crazy, like unthinkable speeds and you just have to like, look. they couldn't even see their instruments, which is crazy too. Like like all that training and just like the sheer pressure and like the G's that it's pulling to go up. Like, and you can't even like look to see like what's going on.
3: We it was the, the one now, Tyler.
0: Yes. Can we,
2: I want to. Uh, Christian, I, you can finish here. Okay, go, have, go, Kev. Christian, go, and then I'll prompt it to the viewers.
3: Well, I was just gonna say it was it, the the third booster having the pogo problem. It was the one uh, problem that uh, whoever the rocket scientist was and and his his team had said they figured out, but they didn't have a test flight between Apollo Seven and Apollo Eight to really test if it worked. Uh, so they were kind of just betting on it to work. Sure. All right. So the question I posed to Kevin to
2: explain to me, like I'm a three-year-old for the viewers at home, is I don't understand how human beings can withstand the force of going 24,000 miles per hour. So Kevin, explain it like I'm an elementary school uh, student. Thank you.
1: Okay. Speed has nothing to do with force. So speed... We're currently... Like, I, I was earth asking, it. I not know. I know. I'm, I'm trying to explain it, like, simply.
0: I'm trying the to learn it. He's making goes, fun yeah. of me. Now you know how we feel after every book we're reading, and you're like,
1: well, <laughs> actually... <laughs> <I know. laughs> um, The Earth is, like, always spinning at around 1,000 miles an hour, I think. So, like, we're always moving that fast. Force. Technically, the equation is mass times acceleration. So when it says, like, 7.6 million pounds of force, that's really all that mass times the acceleration it takes to leave. So, like, that's a big number, but realistically, most of that number is from the mass of the rocket.
0: Is it the only thing acting against us is gravity, technically?
1: Yeah. And then essentially for – so, like, we got to – what 17,425 miles an hour, but we did that, or they did that over six minutes. And acceleration is velocity over time, it's like so a change in velocity over time. Humans, so can, for them to get
2: the, my, my question is humans can theoretically go any speed, then we just can't accelerate too fast.
1: Yeah, okay. that's what like G's are. That's what, like, if you have 20 G's of pressure on you that's like when you just die but like if you i think we can withstand like the average human can withstand up to like three i think one g is just like us right now just sitting here like that's gravity
0: i think they mentioned it in the book when they test pilots when sometimes they'll like go out in and out of consciousness when they're pulling large amount of g's like so when they'll pull up it's it a quick deceleration or acceleration yeah
3: okay so it's- What's the equation for g's like is there an equation for earth how strong earth's gravity is would it just be the same force equation yeah that's just so it. that that's 9.8 meters per second that's a so essentially
1: no that's gravity so that's acceleration so imagine you're standing at the top of like a three-story building and yeah. you jump off every second that you're falling, you're gaining nine point eight meters per second of speed. And then when you okay. hit the ground, you're instantly going to zero. So all that like force, like that change in speed is the excel Jesus Christ.
3: <laughs> so so by our by our calculations, they accelerated to seventeen thousand miles an hour in, in six minutes. That's about three thousand so it's change of velocity over seconds. In- Changing velocity over seconds. Right. Yeah, so zero seventeen thousand minus zero over
1: But that's also miles per hour and you have to convert it to meters per second. Oh fuck. There's a
3: lot of math you gotta do. I wanted to I wanted to relate it to the nine point eight meters a second. Yeah, okay, how about this? Like how many how many how many G's are acting on them in that launch, basically, is what I'm trying to answer.
0: Uh, like 10.
3: I'll I'll read 10. the next chapter. You
2: guys do the math. How about that?
1: I'm not doing math. Cool. Yeah, I'm not doing uh, that. Essentially,
3: gravity's pulling down, and they need enough force to go against the nine point eight. Okay, hold on. So miles to minutes. So right now we've got the ex- the acceleration at seventeen thousand. Okay. No, because I didn't do I didn't do seconds. So so, six times 000. sixty. Six times sixty, 60. is three hundred sixty. So yeah. that's four point seven miles a minute. So then if we go, no, not miles to minutes what <laughs> miles to meters so uh 4.7 miles let's play out what are we doing seven here? seven thousand five hundred sixty three meters a second that's my right nine point nine point eight that's so many more meters a second than nine point eight
1: no no acceleration is meters per second over seconds Okay,
3: move on.
0: Okay. Yeah, move on over. <laughs> it's a it's a lot
1: of big numbers and it's an
0: engineering marvel that they got that thing off the ground. That's
3: 6 I'll do the best. Yeah, I would agree with Kevin's going to do that. that. It's impressive. It's impressive that humans can withstand that. That's that's the conclusion.
2: Yeah. All right. Um all right, chapter 13, a deeply troubled year. To say 1968 was troubled would be an understatement. Vietnam and an election loomed large. Early in the year, Americans started to see the disastrous war in Vietnam unfolding. In South Carolina, the Orenburg Massacre happened, further inflating racial tensions in the South. The Tet Offensive in Vietnam resulted in a stalemate, and Johnson expressed that the war was flipping away. In 1968, the Kerner Commission concluded that racial tensions in the country were becoming so large the country was going to move to separate societies. Given all this, Lyndon Johnson was losing his reelection bid in the primaries. He dropped out of the race. On April 14th, at the Lorraine Motel in Memphis, MLK Jr. was assassinated. This incited riots or this incited riots in cities across the country. In late April, the famous Columbia College protests saw hundreds of students injured and arrested. Robert Kennedy won California and was gaining momentum but was assassinated due to his support of Israel at the Democratic Convention Uh, McCarthy failed to seize the moment, only getting 23% of the vote. With that, Hubert Humphrey became the nominee, despite never running up to that point. In October, during the Summer Olympic Games, Tony Smith and John Carlos famously held their fist up in protest of inequality during the Star-Spangled Banner. With a small margin, Nixon secured the victory in November, time capped off the year, naming the dissenter as the person of the year. So... I actually kind of enjoyed this chapter. I I enjoyed all the context behind the year because you had mentioned before like how troubled the year was. It was nice to have this chapter to say, okay, here's everything that was actually occurring in the country in this year. Yeah, I have some
0: thoughts on this chapter. I I thought this chapter was excellent for a lot of reasons. I think, quickly going back to with the old read, I thought this is what with the old read was missing. Something on a macro perspective to tie things in. And I think the way that this book has been written. He's kind of mentioned it, but kind of intertwined it throughout the story. It was really good, and yeah, I thought it was. I really enjoyed like getting the background and like the gratitude or the gravity of how big of a situation that Apollo was given the climate. Uh, so I really enjoyed this chapter.
2: Yeah, I wrote down a question. I, I said, "This year stinks. What are your thoughts on this? Sp- uh, what are your thoughts that the space race played on the American psyche and the impact it had?" Now that I we know all the context, remembering,
1: am I not remembering this right, or did they say that this was the space race was kind of the one thing, or that at least the launch of the the rocket was one of the only things keeping Americans like all together during this time? Or am I thinking of something else?
0: I think it's fair. I mean, it, it kind of was because it was at the end of the year; it was December of that year, so yeah, like, something good to look forward to in the future, maybe like a uh, glaring beam also- of hope
1: if i were them i'd be so pessimistic like after like a horrible year and they're about to launch a spaceship i'd be like ah this thing's definitely blowing up especially after previous
3: tries i i drew a lot of parallels to like 2021 in this like a lot of a lot of racial divide you had the hong kong flu going on here whereas you had uh coronavirus going on uh Mm -hmm in our time and then a lot of political divide uh not really like a, a solid american leader uh at the time to pull pull the the country forward the only difference was that we didn't have uh during that whole covid time a a, a massive launch and a race against the soviets to look forward to and uh bring us together but i thought it was interesting cuz like in that time everyone's like oh we live in a simulation like like, our world is so wild, whereas here, you could just see that it's history repeating itself. Like, really, there's there's not much different uh, to what we saw in the ni- late 1960s.
0: We missed uh, the conflict with the Soviets by, by,
3: by a year in 2021.
1: So now we yeah. have it. True. Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, what is got, little got laugh that. about? He sent something in the chat. I think I'm the only one that saw it, but um, I did that math it turned out to be the, from the like the rocket, 17.54 meters per second squared, but then gravity is 9.8 meters per second squared down. So it ended up being on average over, to get to that velocity, they would only need to go 7.73 meters per second of acceleration against gravity. So less than the G, but obviously to launch, you need, you need to get up to a higher speed it's like that initial launch they probably experienced a lot, but then mm. after that...
2: See, I wouldn't think that. I would, if you were to ask me before the meeting, I would say the highest G's occurred during that acceleration.
1: Because but... if you think about it, you have to get that giant thing of mass in motion. Yeah. And then once the further you get away from the Earth's surface, obviously the gravi- gravitational pull will be less and less. But probably, probably not for a while, but you won't notice it for a while, but then that's science was Kevin.
2: Did the uh wait, so did they experience the gravitational pull until they break out of the Van Halen belt or whatever it's called? Van Halen or belt, or is it outside the attic? Van Halen. <laughs>
0: yeah, I don't know. <laughs> at the,
1: at <laughs> <area>. <laughs> I don't even know if that
2: yeah, was well,
0: but before they even existed, the Van Halen belt.
1: <laughs> yeah. All right.
3: Uh any other thoughts before we move to 14? Yeah, yeah, I have another I have another science question. Uh so which is the big gas giant with three moons? Uh Jupiter? Uh, Saturn
0: Jupiter. Saturn has the yeah, ring.
3: I think, know, so. I think it's so further away one of their moons is, technically the larger it has to be. Is that does that hold true in real life? Is the closest moon to Jupiter the smallest and the furthest away the largest? Because you have to have larger mass to stay in Jupiter's gravitational pull. I wonder. does so that depend on their weight as well because we talk about the moon; it's not as dense. I think it also has to be like you're right. Dense. It would be it would be density, not next
0: size. I like, technically like the moon could be. Large, but if it's not doesn't weigh a lot, then gravity will have a harder pull on it. That
3: makes sense. Third gravitational pull. I'm gonna look it up. I'll get back to everyone.
0: You you guys have found us. we kind saw, of saw, saw kind of studious out here. You guys have you
3: found know, my weak. So <laughs> you guys have found my
2: weak spot. Science is definitely my weak spot. So it's like, yeah, it's I,
0: like
3: I I was I never agree. good at physics, but I like numbers. So like I find I find some of the like fun facts the author throws in there kind of interesting.
1: All right. Christian, weren't you in AP-6-2 with me?
3: Or like a yeah, but or? I, I got a uh, 2 on that AP test. I mean, I did too, but... Alright, it's okay. It's okay. Right. chapter 14, a critical test.
2: Returning to the spacecraft, it was now it now approached the departure of the third stage booster. With a wave of explosions, the ship had departed itself. The crew once again turned towards Earth, observing its beauty. However, they lost sight of the departed rocket and feared that collision was imminent. Houston recommended emergency maneuvers, with that Borman executed, and they were clear. Now they faced the Van Allen belts filled with radiation. Everyone waited for the results. They returned with good news. They received one-tenth the radiation caused by a chest x-ray. 45,000 miles from Earth, the men finally approached the time to remove their suits. Anders finally got to experience weightlessness. With that came the task of peeing. Astronauts were fitted with a condom-like device coming in sizes of small, medium, and large, whereas the astronauts called them extra-large, immense, and unbelievable. Defection was also less glamorous, essentially shitting in a bag. Back to the mission, Apollo 8 reached another critical step, entering lunar orbit. Before that, Kraft insisted that the crew test it. With that, the SBS engine lit and went by successfully successfully for a minute, then not so much. All right, that's how we end that chapter. Any thoughts on pissing or pooping, or? I'm
0: glad you included that uh, that blurb because I I have that as a quote to say, little comedic relief.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I you know, I think I'd be, I think I'd be an immense guy.
0: hmm uh-huh.
2: Unbelievable. That's a good. That's a good verb. Um. All right. Chapter fifteen: An astronaut in trouble. Valerie took the opportunity to sneak to the neighbor's house for the Christmas party. Meanwhile, in mission control, Chris Kraft was pacing. The SPS engine had not worked properly, for now he kept it a secret from the crew. Hours later, a contractor had an epiphany. A bubble in the propellant line, Kraft had had to decide what was possible. They, They decided to trust the theory and that next time it would be fixed. The spacecraft was now coasting and the mission control relaxed. Borman didn't relax as much. He puked, and the stench took up the cabin. Then came the feces. Borman was sick and had diarrhea. The crew agreed they wouldn't tell Houston. Anders, with a slight hesitation, uh, with that, Anders found a solution. They used backdoor communication. That way, the media couldn't blast the story everywhere. The crew awaited their response from Houston, who were considering canceling the mission. A decision had to be made, and fast. I wrote a question, but I kind of come up with a new one. The, uh, so we... Both parties discover information and decide not to share it to the other side. What are your kind of thoughts on that? Like, they they didn't immediately share the fact that uh, Borman was sick, and that Houston didn't immediately share that a part of the aircraft had misfired.
1: I think they're two different... uh, The information is different for both parties. So if you're from the mission control side, that's something... I personally would keep from the astronauts because you don't need them starting to panic in a mission where they need to be calm and it's not going to affect what like the, the outcome I guess at the end of it all, because there's not like they're going to be able to do anything if there's no solution currently. Mm-hmm. So I would, that makes sense to me. The, the sick part, I didn't understand why they hated the the doctor so much to be honest.
0: They despise that man. <laughs> Yeah, I guess they kind of talk about the doctor kind of taking credit or guys yeah, trying to trying to become a hero for the mission. I think is what they were talking about, um, and it's definitely an interesting uh, thought to hear. It, and they eventually obviously tell, but um, yeah, I thought it was interesting as well. But going back to the question, I think I agree with Kevin that if it, they don't, if the crew doesn't need to worry about it because they have a million other things going on. I don't think to bring it up. Anymore.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's it's a tough decision because I think the crew really wanted to be part of the mission, and they feared, like, any information that got to that would undermine their mission, they feared because they would just never get another chance. So I think it was just tough.
3: I, I would say the reason for not saying anything was the same for both parties. For the astronauts, they didn't want to say anything because it would risk mission control calling off the mission, and mission control not saying anything was almost entirely their decision so why even bring the astronauts into that conversation like you guys said no no point in letting them worry about um, this problem I wonder I wish. I wish the author could have followed up
2: with all of them and see what they thought about that afterwards if they would have wished it would have gone one way or the other like a reflection upon it
3: yeah, they still haven't told the astronauts about the SPS problem. I don't believe.
2: Yeah. I don't think they will. Uh, at
0: least until they get back. I think if it was, I think if it was serious enough, they would have obviously brought it up. But if they thought that, that it was that bubble, correct? That's what you're referring to the SPS, right? Yeah. The, the, yeah. I think it was something that they just had to work out because I don't think there was anything they could have done. You know.
3: I find it like it even though (laughs) even though what I do on a daily basis and like sending astronauts to the moon are such wildly different things like the way the job functions is kind of similar in some cases like it's all it's all data driven and like pure data analysis, you're digging into problems in the data and, and trying to extract like one solution from that and trying to trying to make a data driven decision so i thought that was interesting even though my job is of minute importance compared to what is going on here
0: uh don't sell yourself short yeah don't sell
3: yourself short thanks thanks
2: um thanks guys yeah maybe tell yourself short
0: yeah
2: (laughs) all right
1: (laughs) Thanks. thanks kevin
2: all right Uh, next chapter uh is called what is it called it's called um a word that
1: I cannot. Pronounce. Let's let's say it. I want to hear it.
2: I have a, I got to open up the tab that's what I'm waiting for, but I'll pronounce it in a second, I guess. Um uh, <clears throat> Chapter 16 <clears throat> Equa Gravisphere. Uh the women back home continued to listen on their squawk boxes, comforted by their husband's voices. On a private channel, Houston and Borman were discussing his condition. After a brief discussion, they decided to carry on. The group now prepared to broadcast live to the American public. It was interesting. The shot of Earth wasn't great, and the greeting from the astronauts was short. The group continued to struggle with sleep. The sleep plan was out the window. Along with the sleep plan, the food plan was also failing. The group was eating whenever and whatever they wanted. Despite this, the mission was commencing well. With that, they launched the second broadcast. With some fixes, they were able to show the world what it looked like. Next up, an important milestone. They are about to reach the point that the moon exerted the same amount of pull as the Earth. At two hundred twelve or two hundred two seven hundred miles, the spacecraft began to pick up speed again. <laughs> I got
1: reading numbers, Tyler.
2: I, I got too far into it, and then I realized it finally, there was three numbers. We should
0: just make his life hell and, make, and go into scientific and math type books for the future now so we have the upper hand Two
2: hundred two thousand seven hundred
0: miles sorry god
3: um all right i so. found it interesting that you have to get five six to the way away from earth for to reach the equal gravisphere
2: well he did he did say he did say in the book early on so i'm not a complete dummy that the moon's gravity is one six of the earth so the math check math checks out there huh it's almost like the scientists know something all right uh there's pictures in this chapter so let's have it off to kevin i'm gonna go run and get my book but kevin you can start
3: oh it doesn't even have his bowl. talk about talk about unprepared
1: Jeez. i didn't even look at I didn't even look at the pictures me neither the but here we go <laughs>
3: uh it's time to this start is our...
1: For the reader, this is between page 214 and 215, also for Tyler, since he was ill-prepared.
3: I was Uh, also severely disappointed that the picture pages were not numbered like regular pages, so that gave me a break in my reading.
1: Um, So the first picture is Frank Borman, good-looking fella, nice little chiseled chiseled jaw. Clean cut. Clean cut. And then we get Susan, Susan Below. Wood. Fine-looking lady.
0: <laughs> I, was, I, was I was waiting for it. I was waiting for
1: it. I can't believe she's 19 in that.
0: What do you think? She looks older or younger? Older. Older,
1: yeah. It's the hair.
3: She's just the yeah, grandma cut. She's got the 80s look. Six seven six eighties. <laughs> 80s? <look. Sorry>. 80s? <laughs> my, my bad. Then, uh,
1: then we got Marilyn and Jim Lavelle. Another another decent looking uh couple. Tyler. All right. Wood. That's a pass. <laughs> Alright. No or not. <laughs> Next we got uh Bill and Valerie. Valerie kinda looks like Timothy Chalamet with <laughs> orange hair. <laughs> so that I can't see that. That's crazy. Got passed. Uh and then we got passed. Mm, that's tough. Tough look for uh Bill. Could be the angle. And then yeah, it's probably the side. Yeah, that, that angle's not doing every haircut
0: I mean, any any uh, favors.
1: Bill looks like Bill Anders looks like he's top gun. Top gun Maverick Uh and then we got the picture of Robert Gilbert, who I don't even know who that is.
0: The <laughs> the <opposite. laughs> Me
1: and then George. And, oh, brass. <laughs> they all just look so pissed off. Uh then we got some Soviet propaganda. I honestly, I wish we would have done meme later because I would have used this picture and put Brazel's face on the, on the head of this.
0: <laughs> <laughs> kind of a sick, person, all things considered.
1: Yeah. The graphics pretty cool besides the uh, sickle sickle in hand. <laughs> and then we got the, uh, just a meeting with some of NASA's higher ups. I'd love to sit in on one of those meetings and just, See if I even could comprehend, like, a third of what's going on. Maybe a fifth, maybe less. Then we got the crew all chilling together. Those jackets are pretty sick, not going to lie.
2: The, a- per- the aviators go hard, too. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah, that's
0: a, that's a sick picture. Like, that's a good, like, poster picture in, your, like, in a room. Do I like, want to be an astronaut?
1: Yeah. Uh, then we get a picture of them transporting the actual rocket and launch pad, which I did the math when they were talking about that. What was it saying? Like at one mile an hour for three miles. So that took three hours to move.
0: The thing is a massive. Kind of
1: wild. Um, then we get Susan and Frank Borman. Susan, someone talked about how she would play later into the into the book and i think we do see that a little as we read on into these last couple chapters here uh jim Lavell, tom brady's his son jeffrey at the beach.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> then we get that that breakfast on the morning of the launch that was probably probably pretty electric up up. Buzz, Aldrin.
2: yeah, buzz Aldrin's in there, in there.
1: yeah then the boys suiting up, the launch. Is our first? Is this our first book with actual colored photos? Uh, I
0: think. Oh, no, the Monkey God had some colored ones too. But I think the second book.
1: Then we got a uh, blurry picture from inside the the rocket ship. You would think it'd be a little more high quality, you know, but just weird that it's not. <laughs> You know what I'm saying, Tyler?
3: Uh, what's special, though. You know what I'm talking about. It is weird that the cameras work perfectly fine until they actually get up into space.
1: hmm Yep. I was going to bring that up eventually. Uh, next page, we got the post-up picture of the, what's supposed to be the moon, I guess, allegedly. Then we got Susan distraught
0: <laughs> over her
1: husband. <laughs> That's like the goblin I hope, goblin with that yeah. necklace. That's like the hope I return for more black and white photo. Also, I just saw her button say says Santa lives. Also somebody. <laughs> somebody got, got
0: an emergency.
1: Christian, yeah. meet your mic. someone has got a fire truck coming through.
3: Uh, it was it was me. And then uh some some could say Santa and the moon landing live in the same category.
1: Yeah, I'm wondering what that button, that pin's about, and then we'll stop there for now, and maybe revisit the last few pictures because I don't want to spoil what happens.
0: Okay, thanks, Kevin. Uh, I, got a, I got a question. <laughs> How the hell does TV signal and radio work out in, in the Dapsus space? Someone explain it to me. Like I'm, like I don't understand
1: it. I couldn't tell you. I was okay. also
3: very. <clears throat> they don't. There, I. There's there, like Earth, every radio wave we have transmission, transmiss since radio's inception is still floating out there in the voids of space. So there's a possibility that other civilizations could intercept it at some point. It's just a matter of how far the distance, how far they are away from Earth, how long it takes those waves to get there. They never die off.
1: I'm gonna I choose to believe, believe you, but that I don't believe that at all. But I'm gonna just choose to believe you. <laughs> I, I saw it on a YouTube short.
2: So I think it. I think that's true because they don't dissipate; they just fucking bounce around.
3: I don't think I they don't even understand. bounce off of solid objects. I think they go. I think they go through. I don't even understand any of that. I don't.
2: Yeah. So when think they we were, they have lost. me
1: were reporting the, uh, the sickness and they didn't respond for 2 hours was that because that signal just t- took that long to like transcend down to earth or is that just because no. they were talking about it
3: they were talking about it 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 reached okay. a point it's they reached a point i don't know when it was where it took like a second for the radio waves to get to earth um oh yeah that's right cuz were communicating with them the whole time so that would That might have been at the 5 6 mark when they mentioned that so... all right uh
2: i'll have i'll get down to the next chapter uh we'll, we'll, we'll hop off the conspiracy theories for a moment um uh, we'll hop back on them i'm sure at some point uh chapter 17 racing the moon nasa returned good news to borman their broadcast hadn't interrupted the football game meanwhile maryland and susan sat worried in just eight hours their husbands would disappear to the dark side of the moon With a final correction, the group was now ready to attempt the lunar orbit insertion. The plan was simple in nature. The spacecraft would pass just in front of the moon, 69 miles from its surface. The maneuver meant that Apollo 8 had to use the SPS engine, which presented many dangers. If too short, they would be slingshotted rapidly and indirectly back at Earth. If too long, the ship would plummet into the moon. It was part of the mission that resulted in the most failures during training. In Houston, the controllers gave the go-ahead nod, and the group awaited anxiously. With that, Lovell signed off. We'll see you on the other side. I'm surprised no one said that they were inspired by Nirvana to keep the ongoing joke alive.
0: I didn't even hear what you said. All right. Oh, I, I, I missed that, miss that, too. Oh, you, <laughs> did, you didn't hear it? You
2: didn't hear it, or you didn't get the reference?
0: Well, well, the sirens were kind of going uh, okay. and,
2: I, I said I'm surprised no one uh no one said the spacecraft was inspired by Nirvana mentioning the dark side of the moon, keeping up with tradition of mentioning things that happen afterwards, but you guys say we're inspired of things that happened before them. You think what the first Nirvana 69... song? You
0: said that. No. You said that. You said Van
3: Halen. No. No. It what did. Nirvana song references the dark side of the moon? That's
0: the album name. The
2: the world-famous album who's nirvana <laughs> oh you know what it's not nirvana it's uh we're so su- i suck today it's pink floyd, pink isn't isn't I, floyd? I, yeah i fucking suck today that's clear yeah, I was, gonna yeah I,
0: was, I was i was i was like uh, i guess now it's not
3: a song yeah
2: i just sucked today that's my bad for everyone listening I, that was terrible um uh, any other thoughts on that chapter
3: no, I wasn't even listening to the summary
2: okay nice lots of lots of math, lots of math. <laughs> I love the odyssey uh, this guy this guy didn't start reading till this morning, so expression <laughs> his mind all right. uh, the expectation's very low for him sometimes, you know um all right, uh chapter eighteen, our most ancient companion. the moon is about four point five billion years old, Earth's oldest companion slowly the moon drifts away 1.5 inches a year the moon's surface is a result of billions of years worth of comet bombardment the far side is more mountainous than the light side due to its thicker crust despite earlier concerns the moon's surface was solid As, as compared to earth the moon has a thicker outer layer but a significantly smaller core the moon is fundamental to its survival, keeping temperatures moderate and stable and slowing its rotation. Together, they form a cohesive unit, blah, 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 something about the author writing an epilogue in the middle
1: of the book. All right. And that's how Brazel likes his woman. That's That chapter
3: sucked, even though I didn't read it. <laughs> uh, yeah, a little, little weird
0: two-page two chapter here. I don't really understand it, but at least it was quick i think
1: he was trying to follow his theme of where he goes like action about the story and then fills it the next chapter is like give us info about either like the the characters or um what was going on and i think he needed to fill a chapter
2: i just like look at the last paragraph the last paragraph here let me read little is no he basically writes an epilogue in the middle of the book it's little is known about earth's first billion years the time when primitive life originated on the planet Earth meteorites preserved on the moon could provide a window back to that time, giving us a glimpse of the ages from which we came, the stuff from which we are made. But there would be no way to examine Earth meteorites embedded in the moon without space travelers who could bring them back to us, without humans brave enough to climb into a spacecraft, light an engine with the power of a nuclear bomb below them, and land on our most ancient companion, and one must wonder if, if the future... In the future, a similar push by bold adventurers, this time beyond the moon and into the universe, might bring back another kind of knowledge about ourselves, one that we might not have the capability to imagine, but that might transform us fundamentally. He just, like, I mean, he's, like, writing an academic journal, like, thesis in the middle of the book. I just was, like, I don't know.
0: You could write that in the epilogue. I just...
3: glad He's it was working too much
0: yeah it's just it's... yeah at least it wasn't uh what's that uh, uh Travel to kiva where it was like a 30 minute <laughs> at least this was quick and where it just resulted like, in
2: yeah. nothing yeah
3: yeah um but
2: yeah no, that was... I,
3: I, maybe maybe the point is is like we're at a break in the book like houston didn't have contact with the astronauts they're on the dark side of the moon So maybe he's just trying to fill in that gap, make us feel like, you know, we're on Earth and the astronauts are on the dark side of the moon. I feel like he's
1: also under the impression that a lot of people reading this are very interested in because Apollo, I feel like Apollo 8 is not the first space like thing you think of, really. So maybe he's expecting this to be more of an audience that's very interested in the moon. In general in space travel, so maybe he's trying to play to that.
2: What are you saying? We don't know science in here?
1: He thought wrong. Well I just heard Christian and Jared talking about mass and weight.
0: Yeah.
3: Uh, I got another I got a I got a fun fact. Uh so the moon is two hundred and fifty thousand miles away. How far away we're trying to go to Mars now. How far away do you think that, that Mars is from Earth? Dude, like yeah. Yeah.
0: Um uh, yeah. it's probably eight times as much. I'd say two million miles
3: more. More, way more. Two hundred thirty million, Scotty. Really.
0: Uh,
3: yeah, Tyler got it because we discussed this last night. <laughs> <laughs> I got to wow. This is how Tyler gets all his
0: wins. He for, knows the answers beforehand.
2: for all the viewers at for all the viewers at home, my first guess was violently wrong last night. It was like three million. It was like what Jared guessed.
1: So you think about how close the moon is in our orbit and then think about like the sun and then all the planets it's like if the moon is that close like you don't see the moons on the solar system when we're looking at like uh, the eight planets
0: it'd have to be like one of those things like an in inner star where you go to sleep like in those beds while you're traveling just because it would take that long to get there which is crazy to think about yeah it's like that whole change in time too while you don't age but everyone back on earth is aging yeah, I don't.
1: It, it, I don't, it, it, don't even know if that's real.
0: No, I think that is real because time goes slower in the outer planets. If that makes sense, time is relative.
1: Yeah, that's that hurts. Just like yeah. speed, Tyler. Just like speed.
2: Thanks for helping me understand. I appreciate it. Um. All right. Um. Any thoughts on the book so far? I mean, I, I. Any bold thoughts? Any? I'm. I'm. I am. I would say I'm neutral right now.
3: Yeah, I don't... the the first third of the book I felt was kind of boring. Um, There's a gosh, dang it. There's a lot of it was a lot of lead up to the actual mission. And I find I find the, the mission itself uh pretty cool. So I've I enjoyed this part. Maybe not if I look at it through the lens of the entire book so far. Uh, I would also be neutral.
0: I think the writing style is, is really good. I just think that it's, like, like we're saying, it's not the most upbeat, entertaining book we've ever read, but I think it it's entertaining enough for me to keep the pages flowing. And I think it's an easier read, in a sense. So it, it does kind of flow nicely. Um, besides, like, this last chapter, I thought other should have been written well. So, yeah, I'm well, interested to see how this ending plays out. But, yeah, I think it's kind of middle of the pack for me right now.
1: I'm curious I want to ask this is just a random thought I just had I want to ask my grandparents if they remember this like occurring and what their thoughts were on specifically the videos from said moon landing or moon drive by orbit I find it interesting all the things that seemed to go wrong in terms of like the the media side of it like the camera wasn't good enough they couldn't tell where they were filming they couldn't...
3: We've lost out capital. other. Earth. I, I... bookmarked
0: I tr- a lot of things.
3: <clears throat> I tried to show the... I tried to find the footage of them showing Earth on YouTube and you can't find it. Uh, you can find them showing off the moon. Like,
1: mm-hmm. one of the quotes, I certainly wish we could show you the Earth, he said. It is a beautiful, beautiful view with predominantly blue background and just huge covers of white clouds
2: you you're you're calling bullshit
1: I don't know that it just seems like there are a lot of things that were like a little fishy you know
2: I lo- the most scientifically capable person in the group is the most doubtful which is kind of reverse of what you would expect I guess I
1: don't know this is also a time where I mean we're we're in a we're in the cold war Pardon. Bless you, Tyler. in the cold war we got a america was kind of had their backs up against the wall they had to do something so i don't know maybe that's what they did simul makes you think
2: makes you think makes you think
1: all right but, uh my overall my overall thoughts on the book since we just kind of glazed over that since i started talking about that i was a big fan of the way he was writing like the chapters how it would go like Story to what was actually going on, to a little background and context on whether it was the people involved or the time period. This last chapter, and even like the Equa, well, even I already forgot what the word was. Equa Gravisphere. Yeah. Those two chapters were a little mess. So I'm hoping these final chapters, the ones that are a little background and context, aren't like that because if they are, it might just ruin the book for me.
2: All right. Um, I don't have any
0: that other thoughts. Well will be interesting. We'll, uh, yeah, for, for next meeting, uh, we will be reading chapters 19 through the end. So that's pages 233 to, two, to 335, I think it is. Or, yeah, 332, I think. or oh, whatever. End of the book. Should finish it off, and then obviously, like we said, we'll be scoring it. But now we're going to take a quick break, and we'll catch you guys in Scriblio.
2: All right, welcome back, uh, everyone, uh, today for the competition. We are doing Scriblio. Uh, if you don't know what that is, it's essentially Pictionary, just online, and we're using hyper-specific words that were mentioned in the book. So uh, one person will draw, and the other three have to guess the word that he's drawing. Obviously, with you can't write out letters or anything like that or give it away through your voice. So uh, with that, we'll, we'll just get started, and we'll see who wins this
0: week. Uh, Jared is the reigning champ. Um, Uh, Quick note if you're on the podcast forum switch over to YouTube be a lot more entertaining than trying to hear us guess
2: I will try to
3: describe the words a little bit though Oh Oh I shouldn't have chose this one Okay (laughs) Asteroid Oh dude this is fucked
2: I only did three rounds too so this may go by fast but no. I don't
3: What do you
0: guess
3: this? I don't want to fail. I mean, we... I have no idea. <laughs> I give up. A... I actually knew what it was.
0: Oh, uh, I guess,
3: yeah. Uh, I, I guess. Tell you were drawing the tools. I was trying to draw Earth and somehow something outside of it. I would have
0: never gotten that, I don't think. Oh, I know. I know how to Fuck, this. how do you spell this? <laughs> oh. Let's
3: go. I have no clue how to spell this.
2: <laughs> I have no idea. I have
0: no fucking idea. Uh, how do you spell that shit? Oh, that's brutal. <laughs> I
2: had no idea how to spell that. What the fuck am I looking at? (laughs) Word was diarrhea, (laughs) and me and Jared misspelled (laughs) it seven times. (laughs) Oh no. What? Oh. That one was pretty easy. (laughs) Kevin, after round one, blowing... Oh no, it's not an (laughs) anti-rock. Uh,
1: early call by Brazil. Early call. I only got more points than you guys knew how to fucking spell. <laughs>
3: <laughs> what?
2: How'd you get that? This guy, Kevin, may be cheating. May have to fucking launch an investigation.
1: <laughs> I mean, I don't know how. Well, How's me? <laughs> <laughs> For everyone listening at home,
2: Christian, Christian wrote bubbles, and then bubbles misspelled, uh, and the word was bubble. After round one, Kevin has a commanding lead.
3: Okay, I got it. There we go. Trying to
2: think I, w- I wouldn't have chosen that have color. I
1: have no idea.
2: But I'll take the win.
3: Come on, Come guys.
0: On, guys. Oh. Fuck. Huh. Uh, the verb was just not coming to me. Yeah, ever. the verbs. I knew what it was, but. but uh,
2: Thumbs downing the drawling. Goldfish. Kevin is easily the best drawer in the group. It's not even close.
0: I can't spell. Once
2: again, Christian and Jared cannot spell the word astronaut. I, spell, I don't
0: know. I... <laughs> What's that word? Astronaut. Jared, well, we
3: spelled the same word three times <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just
2: comedy. All right. Kevin holding a slight lead over me with Christian uh and then Jared falling a little bit behind.
1: in God. our nation?
0: I can. I oh. <laughs> what?
2: I think... Oh, that's a stinker. Oh. That's a
1: stinker. You should have just drawn yeah. pizza.
2: <laughs> pointed at the crust. Alright, last uh med drawing is be the last of this. Two of these words have already been used, so I guess I gotta draw this, but I have no clue. Oh great. <laughs> Alright, we're gonna just Yeah, yeah. You got like this down here
3: Oh dude.
2: Like uh and, you know, different, you know.
3: Jared, so what I was on too.
0: It can't be that.
3: Uh, um.
0: Uh.
2: It's, it's tough. I'm gonna be honest.
0: I just <laughs> you know <laughs> <laughs> It's not the best drawing, but I. Oh.
2: Uh yeah, I wouldn't Man. know. <laughs> Alright, last round, Kevin has the lead, uh means close second, Christian a little further behind at third, and Jared
3: at fourth. <laughs> Dude, what the fuck is this?
0: My my spy is on the hot seat. That's what all you gotta say. I don't know what to
3: choose. Are you serious?
1: this is guess guesses.
2: Can we stop using Brow? Fuck
3: me. I give up. Dude, wait till you see the word. my my options were ancient <laughs>
2: naval blockade you should have drawn the pyramid the pyramid
1: that is the pyramid <laughs> <laughs> that was what i was going oh for. how do
2: you spell this no uh
1: you get uh
2: <laughs> squawk. <laughs> um, no, it's not that though.
0: Um, oh, I got it. Oh, that was, I needed
2: that. Ah, <laughs> oh, broadcast. Okay, it's
1: a good drawing. I, I knew you guys are gonna get squawk box. I got
2: enamored with the squawk box. Easy. They come in first. Okay, this is the last points that are eligible. I don't... It's between me and Christian for a second. I think Kevin's got first wrapped up. Oh. Have... Um. Fuck, I don't know which one to pick. Oh, no. Oh, no. It just gave me the random board. I didn't want to eat, draw. <laughs> <Look at> that. <laughs> that happened to me. <laughs> uh, I don't know what this, uh... This... How do you change the background?
1: Use the fill bucket.
2: All right. Yeah, That's.
0: Uh, I don't think I can
2: spell. Yeah. I, or I just want to draw here. Then... No, that's not what I want to do.
0: So, for the viewers listening, we just right now have a white circle <laughs> with a blue outline.
3: Oh. yeah, i I'm, I'm lost.
2: Yep, there's that, and then... <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh. <laughs>
2: Alright, I mean, I basically... You could say I threw that to remain in second place. So I think that's maybe the only conclusion you can come with that one. Uh, I think the only other
0: conclusion we can make is that we don't know how to spell. Uh, I think we're on that score. was tough. Me and Christian especially. I, 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 think I, I
2: definitely let up uh, two or three guesses on just inaccurate spelling, so... It's unfortunate diarrhea diarrhea i'm gonna have to go to the the well and figure out how to spell that one not a word i usually spell all right come to my head i think I'd, I'd be done jared transition us out
0: all right yeah so great meeting um like we mentioned we will be finishing Rocketman. i think this is what our fifth our fourth book or fifth book yeah fifth book um what? finishing our fifth book, Rocket man So that means next week we will be scoring it, um, seeing where it ranks, and then we will be introducing our next book. Uh, spoiler alert, it will be Killers of the Fire Moon, and hoping to read along with uh the release of the movie, uh, the Martin Scorsese movie that is coming out in October. So looking forward to that. Um maybe we'll put together like a little brief synopsis of what the movie's about. Uh and then are we planning to do trivia next week or what do we want to do? Snake or, or snake.
1: snake draft? Snake draft. Snake, correct.
0: snake. You know, snake sure draft. Snake draft character. Sna- <laughs> <laughs> There's only three. <laughs> snake draft. Uh, so, yeah, should be a good episode. Um, please like and subscribe if you enjoyed, and we'll see you guys uh, next week. Goodbye.
1: Peace.